0: This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 35, Yoga and the Five Senses. My name is Erica, and I'm your host. For this episode, I sat down with Michelle Klink. Based in Northern California and teaching in Marin and in the San Francisco Bay Area, Michelle is an experienced yoga instructor, therapeutic-oriented specialist, yoga teacher trainer, professional mentor, Reiki practitioner, holistic health educator, and creativity coach. With over 25 years of studies, continuing education and teaching, she continuously offers opportunities for students to evolve towards a happier, more content and fulfilled life. As always here on the podcast, I really appreciate your support and love to read your comments. So if you take a minute to leave a review on iTunes or on your iPhone podcast app, you automatically enter a giveaway. Athleta is continuing to support this podcast in their effort to ignite a community of strong women who lift each other up and is giving out a $75 shop card. If you want to know more about the giveaway, stay tuned. I'll give a bit more details at the end of the show and I'll announce the winner of our last one. So if you left a review, make sure to stick around until the end. Many of you have asked me how else they can support the podcast. Well, I am now part of Patreon. Patreon is a web platform where you can donate to financially support this podcast or you can become a monthly member. Donators will get shout out on the episode and as monthly member you will receive exclusive content. Mini shows, guided meditation, guided flows and so much more. Our first exclusive episode was about me. Thank you so much for all the questions you sent my way. I got a bunch. Your support really means a lot to me and it will help me continue to offer this podcast. It will help me cover production costs and potentially allow me to create even more great episodes. You can visit my Patreon page at patreon.com slash on and off your Right now, you have an intro video to listen to and the August exclusive content is out. You can make a one-time donation or become a member at the $5 tier to listen to that episode about me. And on September 1st, you will get your next exclusive episode. I recorded one of my favorite meditation, loving kindness. Before we get to our episode one last thing, I want to welcome our newest Patreon members this week. Anastasia Randall, Bethany Miller, Barbara Plague, Deanne Roy, Elizabeth Toomey, Kimberly Mori, Lynn Robinson, Sue Gallacy, and Tom Jacob. Thank you so much for your support. I hope you enjoy your first exclusive episode. Also, I was amazed with the generous donation I have received. Thank you, Tom Jacob, Lara Holt, Joanne Labrie, and Guy Belanger for your support. I am beyond grateful for you guys. Okay, enough chatting. Let's get to the episode with Michelle. I'm sure you're going to feel inspired. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here. Michelle was one of my mentors throughout my first teacher training. She supported me in my growth as a new teacher, and I was always inspired by her passion and dedication for teaching. I have been amazed on how she weaves in philosophical, energetic, and spiritual context in our classes. And when I saw she was offering a workshop on yoga and the five senses, I thought that would be the perfect opportunity for us to sit down and talk about this together. Michelle, for listeners that don't know you uh, very well or at all, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and your your yoga journey? Oh, yes.
1: I have been on the path of yoga for quite some time. Um, More specifically, kind of intensive yoga training for over 25 years, training and studying and Teaching and uh, diverse uh, types of of yoga practices from the flowing practices uh, to the yangar alignment practices to the philosophical practices, meditation, and so on. And uh, I love, love, love working with people to give a variety of experiences so we can evolve our body, evolve our mind, evolve our spirit, our consciousness one of my mottos is a resolve to evolve. And I help people do that through a yoga class, Mm. Um, practicing yoga postures, breath, meditation, uh, through group workshops and uh, retreats and so on. Um, One of my loves and desires of helping people... through yoga, especially nowadays, is supporting people therapeutically, mm-hmm. which we all need support um, with the demands of our society, whether it affects our body, or our mind, or our soul. So, offering a therapeutic, um, holistic uh, health plan for people on many levels. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I just love to be psychologically and positive, inspiring for people so we can shift out of the pathora. That we're dealing with in our lives to some perspective that allows for peace and joy and love and all that we desire, yet can sometimes elude us in the societal demands
0: and overstimulus. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Today's subject is the five senses. Um, Can you give us a general overview of what that means in the context of a yoga practice and how we should pay or why we should pay attention to it in our modern day society? You already said a little bit that, Mm -hmm. you know, we're overstimulated, but maybe you have other thoughts on that.
1: Well, in in our lives, the senses are the window to the world we see. Mm. So, but we don't see the world as it is. So this is an age-old yoga teaching. We see it through how we are, through our mental field, the vrittis, the monkey mind, it's called, through our stories, our impressions, our, our experiences, our past experiences. So we're seeing the world through a filter. And in a sense, we want to come back to our senses. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So with all of the the distraction and overstimulus, what happens is our senses will get tired. Fatigue will dull our senses or fatigue dulls our senses and therefore will dull our view of the outside world because our senses are the window to the world we see. Mm. And therefore, again, it prevents us from seeing what is there. So with that, we live in this loop. Right? We are uh, associating our senses that we're chasing after pleasure, avoiding pain. We're looking at what's good, what's bad. And it, it's part of the physiology and the brain chemistry. We wanna survive, we wanna live, we wanna thrive. Uh, but what we want to be able to do through yoga, through our health, through our just on the mat and off the mat, is we wanna be able to come back to the senses and have some uh, focus. And investigate the sense, allow it, but then start to get a distance from it. Try to withdraw the awareness and the perceptions and the mental chatter associated with it. But that's hard if we're inundated with many sensory data input. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we have to kind of just take one, focus on it, withdraw a bit of our mind chatter associated with that. And then within that focus, once we get a little bit more distance, um, we can then allow the the consciousness or awareness to become bigger than the sense. And therefore, then we're more likely to withdraw our senses, withdraw from the attachment to those senses, pratyahara, um, withdrawal of the senses so we can be fit for meditation and realize what is truly there, the world as it is, pure peace, joy,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, and so on. I love how you bring both of those things, like it's focusing on the sense, but also withdrawing, because I feel some philosophies suggest that like pratyaya, you're completely going to withdraw where other are focused on really paying attention to the senses and finding a more mindful awareness of them. So do you think that it's just two sides of the same coin? Uh, definitely. I definitely think it is.
1: And I think that um, why I'm loving having this conversation with you mm-hmm. and this topic is that we know where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone would agree it's overstimulus, distraction, overwhelm. We know if we're on a path of any sort of mindfulness or um uh yoga that we know where we want to be to this higher source of knowing and our true nature and sure we want to be able to withdraw our senses but the reality is there's many steps in between that that the vinyasa like what is the next step what's the important next step to take so we can get from here to the ultimate there and so i think that both are headed in kind of a similar direction it's just kind of a pathway where um you know, it's it's how are we going to get there? Mm-hmm. And especially when we have some extremes right now in our society, or perhaps it's always been that way. But, you know, we want our senses will control our mind. And through the senses, we can also train the mind. Yeah. So it's the same thing, but it sounds different.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there a context or is there for certain people, one would be better over the other or the goal of one would be a little different? Like, how do people choose... Which path to take first or which step to take first?
1: I think uh, as with anything, anything we hear begins with awareness, Yeah, right? Anything you want to do. So I think in, in modern day society, I think it's just simply easier, more practical. And what most people will do is if we can come to awareness and hold space for the senses and more specifically, pull one sense out. The idea is that you want to first focus and allow concentration, dharana, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, be able to focus, echo, grata, that, that one-pointed focus in order to lead us into the ability to withdraw our consciousness or collect our consciousness and steer it in another way. So I think that it's part of all the same path, these words are being used, versus sit and withdraw your senses or withdraw from the senses that takes training yeah so <laughs> it's the end result but unless you know someone it, it's a training people can do that right it's a training you can do that
0: uh, but you have to get to that place to do it yeah do you think people is easier for people to start with a sense that you know we all have a sense that is stronger in us that. We're more visual, or you know, we're more tactile. Like, is it easier for people to start with a sense where it's a sense they use the most often, or is the sense that they use the least, or one of the sense that they don't use as much as other? Like to get That's that. That's a first really step.
1: good question. That's a really good question. I would say um, starting with a favorite. Sense.
0: Um,
1: but as with the, the teachings of Patanjali, the, the classical Yoga Sutras teaching, there are so many ways. <laughs> pick one. So, <laughs> right? So, sure, you could pick your favorite one. But as we go through this and we discuss different ideas, you might learn or think or not have thought of something. You're like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to try that. So, it really, um, yes, you could absolutely start with your favorite. And if you know, oh, I just love uh, looking and using my eyes for this, or I love my hands, I'm so tactile, start there, because you're going to want to do it. Mm-hmm. And it begins with this practice. It begins with guiding the attention to something. and you know, we're again, remember, we're chasing the loop of just desire. So you might as well start with something you like. <laughs> Even though we're trying to get away from the desire and the attachment, you might as well start there. And then we get to uh, peel away those layers.
0: Yeah, maybe it makes it easier for you. You know, instead of making your life even more miserable, (laughs) you start with something that's kind of interesting for you or you're curious about or it's pleasurable in a way that you take those steps towards the practice itself and you deepen your own awareness with something that is pleasurable for you, as you say. Yeah, and meaningful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like meditation. Many, many people try meditation and practice it, and we're contending with the monkey mind and all the things that come in as distractions. And uh, equally, we could uh, engage in a practice like this, which there are many types of practices, but we can engage in a practice like this where we're honing in and using our senses to shift our consciousness. And, um, and then, you know what, with practice, meditation's easy.
0: Mm -hmm,
1: It's mm -hmm. so easy. It happens. You're not trying to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And that would be my greatest hope for everyone that we can let a peace of mind happen, not try to make it happen.
0: Yeah. Would you say that by paying attention to our senses, we have a deeper experience of either our practice on the mat or our life off the mat? Is that kind of where we're trying to go?
1: Uh, not really. Mm. So, uh, and I say that with a bigger, looser, not really. So <laughs> paying it, right. So paying attention to the senses, remember the senses, we're actually trying to, um, get some distance from the senses uh-huh. and using them as a pathway. So if we were to pay attention to our senses and senses, we're talking about the sense organs of sight, sound, touch, taste, smell. Uh-huh different than sensations that we might feel in our body and something like that. But you will, a a sense organ will have a sensory perception and we can have, you know, that sensation, right? Mm -hmm. So, so the idea of if we pay attention to our senses, remember there's so much input coming in that it's going to be very distracting. It can be overwhelming. So for example, in a yoga classroom, depending on where you're practicing yoga, there's a lot of people or there's a few people. there's different colors, mats, there's different scents in the room. who knows what one is smelling, what one is seeing, what distractions one is hearing. so if we're paying attention to those, that's the opposite of yoga. it's pulling us outside of ourselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that's not that's why I say not really to your question, right It's pulling us outside of ourselves and we get distracted. we're doing what we do in our daily lives, running around trying to work our way through this, this um, maze of overwhelm or distraction. So more, more accurately, paying attention to the senses, a tool could be pick a sense, pay attention to one sense and one part of that sense. As a way so to I'll focus give you an example your mind. As a way of, yes, to focus the mind so that we can get the mind chatter, the monkey mind to quiet down. Because remember, our senses are how we see the world. But we're attaching impressions and past experiences, all that brain, you know, stuff. We're attaching things to what we're seeing, what we're tasting, what we're smelling. Yeah. Right? Classic example. You smell something and it's like, oh, it reminds me of my grandmother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see something and it reminds you, oh my gosh, I had a horrible experience. And that reminds me of that. So we have all of this. So the idea is... To, uh, to hold the sense in its kind of unique, purest form. And that takes practice. Mm-hmm. And then we can focus on a sense and not the sum of the senses all around us, but a sense and try to get a little distance from it. And I'll give you an example. Sure. Um, uh, and we'll talk about on the mat with yoga techniques, but you know, I'm looking out my balcony and out my balcony is beautiful. There are birds flying. There's a beautiful maple tree. There's a vase with beautiful yellow flowers still in bloom. I've got the hummingbird feeder, hummingbirds coming and going. And oh, by the way, my balcony window, I see because the sun is shining in. I see those dirt spots and it's really dirty. And I see, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, I got to clean that. So there's all this sensory input coming in. And this is what we're used to. This is what we do. This is how we survive, which is a good thing. <laughs> um, but you can already see how I'm even talking with my tone, like the hummingbirds and the beautiful flowers and uh, the, the dirty, dirty window. window. <laughs> so what are we focusing on? And this is what we do in our life. What are we focusing on? Are we focusing on everything. Well, we can't, we get exhausted when we do. Yeah. And then we focus on one thing and many just by brain chemistry will focus on the negative because the brain wants to like fix something. Uh, so it's a training. So now I'm going to look out my balcony and I'm going to pick just that yellow flower. And I'm going to look at one petal of that yellow flower. Mm. And the birds are coming and going but I'm not going like, to let them distract me from what I'm seeing. I really don't see the dirty window because I'm looking at the flower Past and, it. and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So now I'm focusing on the flower and that one sense with one focus helps us hone down and let the distractions peel away. And that's the, the middle path, so to say. Like we start with one and then we go to the ability to focus and then it continues from, from there where the consciousness will collect and shift.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's great. And you just mentioned when you were explaining that techniques that we can use on the mat. uh, Do you have an example of how we could do this through a flowing practice or through a class that's guided? Yes, 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 yes.
1: So let's look at the five senses. So mm-hmm. the Sanskrit word for senses, they're actually, it's, it's far more complicated than what I'm going to suggest. But the injuries injured are the uh, five, there are five senses for the external world or it, it's kind of called entrance or import. Mm-hmm. So the visual sense, sight, um, when we're practicing, a very common technique is called dristi. Mm-hmm. Dristi is a gaze point. So we could... A common drishti is looking at one thing,
0: Yeah,
1: one thing. Maybe there's a mandala on the wall, or maybe there's a statue, or maybe there's a point of something you can look at that's not moving. And we do it commonly in tree pose, right? We teach that in vrikshasana. Pick one point that you're looking at, a gaze point, but look inward. Um, But your entire practice, you could pick one point and look at that unendingly. Mm -hmm. It could even be something you put on your map. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Ashtanga practice taught us so much about drishtis, and there are certain specific drishtis that are used for purposeful reasons. So for example, uh, Nasagra drishti is gazing at the tip of the nose. Mm -hmm. And so when we do cobra or upward dog, and you can see this in yourself in your practice, or if you do teach, you can watch it in students, but people will often... And do the, the pose, the back bend, the cobra, the upper dog, and their eyes roll up. Mm. So the drishti, the gaze point, technically is off the tip of the nose. Mm. That can change your practice right there. I encourage the listeners just try that. Every time you do that back bend, yeah. try that off the tip of the nose. Another common one, warrior one, the, uh, the drishti is the angusta madhya drishti, and you gaze up at the thumbs. And you just are looking at the thumbs and a little bit beyond the thumbs, warrior one. Or in downward facing dog, people ask me commonly, what's the drishti? And again, this is the Ashtanga um, uh, influence mm-hmm. that gives us these drishtis. It's called nabi chakra drishti. And you're gazing at the navel. It doesn't mean you tuck your chin and you, look your, you take your whole head down to your navel, but it's a gaze. So you're picking... A Dristi, a gaze point. Dristi is a view, a point of view.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, another one I just want to mention uh, that's common is the Hastagra Dristi, which is gazing at the hands in triangle and warrior two. So when you do these poses, you can gaze off the fingers, off the tip of the nose, off the thumbs, or toward the navel. And with that intensity of focus, It's said that you focus on one thing, gives you access to all things. Mm. So that's one example of yoga on the mat, Adrishti, pick a gaze point. It could be as simple and definitive as a point on your body or something in the room. Then from the definitive or actual sense organ of sight, you could then practice the subtle sight. And then it's, can you see an inner light at the center of your head? at the center of your heart mm. you know can you then go to the subtle sense perception of adrishti or an inner gaze point yeah mm,
0: that's nice. so
1: that's one example around sight yeah do you want me to go through all four sensations uh senses sure let's do that for experience yeah one example
0: um, for each yeah so uh so yoga on i the think mat. it's useful for people
1: yeah. And again, just the one tip off the tip of your nose and cobra and upward dog, practice that, take that to your mat. Yeah. And it's it's quite amazing what happens. And the idea is that you're just practicing gazing. First of all, it's a mechanical process to make your eyes do that. But then it's, you know, watch the attachment, be curious, be an, be a detective, investigate what you're seeing, how mm-hmm. you're seeing, what you're attaching to it. And that's kind of the next part of it. Yeah. So sound. Sound, Uh, yoga classes can be a plethora of sound. It can be Mm -hmm. lots of music, can be soft, can be loud, can be music you like, music you don't like. There can be outside noise. There can be the the room next door. There can be all kinds of things happening. Um, So when it comes to sound, the most common thing is, hopefully listeners know this and have learned this, but if not, listen to the breath. That is the easiest auditory organ that you listen to the breath, the ocean breathing, or the ujjayi breath, or however you want to, how you, however you've learned to call it, imagining waves, just hear those resonating waves of breath, mm-hmm. literally something. So that's classic. A lot yeah. of people hopefully would understand that or know that or should learn it. Another one could be we could chant Om, oh. mm. and then without. Audibly chanting it, you can still hear the sound of "om" within yourself. Yeah. So the definitive or the actual sound that you're working with is breath, but then you can go to the subtle sound. Can I hear on the exhale "Om" resonate?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Another um, easy technique for just kind of average experiences, let's say there's music in a classroom. Rather than listening to the the overall music or the beat that you like or the words that are being sung, pick one tone in the music Mm. and try to hear the faint or the distinct tone throughout the music. That's interesting. It's super interesting and it gives you something, you know, the mind likes something to do. Remember, our senses control our mind and we're using the sense to train the mind. So let the mind find that one little tone that's pleasurable. And follow it through. Then maybe the music changes and you're like, okay. Nice. Um, then you change <laughs> mm-hmm. and find the next one. Or if you're lucky and you're in a studio and the windows are open, there's a bird chirping and you hear the teacher giving instruction, you got the music going and there's a lawnmower happening outside, but there's a bird chirping.
0: Mm.
1: Tune into one sound. So that's that's another example of how we can use sound, yeah. And then the actual sound brings us to the more subtle sound that ultimately can we just hear the sound of ourself, the sound of consciousness. I mean, that's kind of and the 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 beginning of getting to that subtle sound is just hearing this chant of Om within you mm-hmm. after you chant Om. Mm. That's so nice. So sound, yeah, yeah. A few ideas what you can do on the mat with Great. sound. Um, the touch, tactile touch, our uh-huh. hands, our skin is the largest organ of the body. And as you well know, um, their skin has lots and lots of sensory um, receptors uh-huh. and take in so much. So our fingertips have a lot of sensory, uh, receptors that take in information and, uh, and the skin does because the skin is protecting our body, right? We're here to survive. Our brains survive and thrive. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we can do with touch simple is you could just notice what are my hands doing in my poses? Mm -hmm. What are my feet doing? And, and we teach this in classes: spread your fingers, root down through four corners of the feet, but as, a, as you're practicing, just feel your feet on the ground. Never mind rooting down or pressing or engaging or spreading. Feel your hands on the ground. Hmm. Your, is your touch firm? Are you gripping, or is it light? What is the, every the
0: quality of the touch? What's the quality of the touch?
1: Is there active, or, um, is, is every part of the hand pressing down or just only part of it, every part of the foot? Um, so that's one thing. You can just literally notice. If you're, you could, you could take it to, that's an actual touch, like that's your hands and feet. You could go a little more subtle and say, how is my skin feeling in this pose? Mm-hmm. So we do this in Shavasana sometimes. It's like, oh, soften your skin, mm-hmm. feel your skin drape on your body. Um, but in your pose, like, feel your skin. If you shift your awareness to touch and you sense the sense of touch through your skin, it's a little more subtle than,
0: like, what are your fingers doing? What are your toes doing? But that's a huge shift in a practice. Mm-hmm. Even just the air out, how, like, the air feels on your skin, the temperature it of the room. C- uh- It could be, well, it could be the air on your skin. It could be how your
1: skin is touching the body. It could be your clothes on your skin. Mm -hmm. It could be, right? Yes, it's all those things. Mm. And then the most classic, easy practice with touch is called mudras and Mm -hmm. hasta mudras, Mudras of the, the hand. So common ones that people may know of, yana mudra, where you touch your thumb to your index finger and do it right now. Take your thumb and touch it to the pad of the index finger. Mm-hmm. And I already mentioned how many sensory input uh, neurons, neuroreceptors are in the fingertips. And then just softly rub your thumb and finger pad of the index finger, the pointer. Just softly do that. Mm. Do that for a minute watch your mind go through rough skin smooth skin oh i gotta cut my nails oh this that the other i mean there's all kinds of stuff but eventually ah sweet peace soft and that's the actual touch Thumb against the finger pad. And then you can get to the subtle touch. It could be that we learn the meaning of this mudra based on the ancient tradition. And it's translated as wisdom mudra. So to know, J N A, to know. And that's where we're headed. These are just pathways to get to this place of knowing our true nature, knowing this bigger essence of consciousness that we're all a part of. So maybe the subtle touch is wisdom, Mm -hmm. insight, intuition, I know. And you're touching that which you know. But it's not an actual touch, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So- That would be a great meditation. You just, you can do that for a few minutes easily. Right, right, right. Just rub your fingers, then stop. Feel the touch of the
1: finger pad. Notice the pulse. Notice your mind chatter. And then- get bigger and bigger in your awareness to knowing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or another one, I'm going to give one more um, because I think this this one's more common for some people. Now touch your thumb to your middle finger. Mm-hmm. Does that feel comfortable or awkward?
0: That feels comfortable for me, but I like the index better. So, <laughs> Right,
1: right. So most people, when you do this, the listeners who are doing this, it can feel comfortable if we're used to doing this, but it's often not as comfortable. It's like, oh, wow, it's a little weird to touch. Mm-hmm. There's an activation of energy that's moving through the finger that's getting it to touch. Where somehow we have this A-OK or we have, it's easier to touch them. So when you start to touch another finger, a whole new pathway comes in. And the middle finger is called a kasha. Akasha Madra, that's the greater ether, spaciousness, or Akash, or bigger, wide world of consciousness, space. And so we could do the same thing. Rub against the finger. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Stop and try to feel the pulse at the fingertips, subtle, touch, sense. And then the Akasha is spaciousness. And then touch, spaciousness. You go from touching your fingertip to touching a, a pulse, a sensation, to touching spaciousness. Yeah. So that's, that's a good one for our days now because we want to move into
0: a bigger spaciousness.
1: So we're using the sense to get us to that sense withdrawal.
0: Yeah. Those are amazing examples. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the last
1: two, um, uh, a little bit less distinct, uh, uh, though they can be very distinct for people on the mat, smell, your olfactory sense. Um, Practicing with smell, obviously there are people who sensitive. We can talk about, oh, I smell that perfume or the body odor or my body odor or, or, or. Um, So one of the things that we can invite is uh, just watching the breath in and out the nose. Mm -hmm. and as if you could smell kind of your breath in and out the nostrils. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit more subtle. We could do an actual definitive scent. We could put a little orange oil at our wrists or behind our ears or under our nose. Nothing too strong, so we don't want to offend. If we're in a public class, we don't want a scent to affect anyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we could do a little scent that is important to us. We could just put it on our wrist, and then on occasion, smell it, and let that orange or that lavender soft rose, mm-hmm. soft lavender, kind of infiltrate, and that goes through the brain, the limbic brain, uh, and then there's a whole plethora of soothing chemicals that get released, and uh, this this ability to use just smell so. This sounds great, but you're moving, you're flowing, you're going, you're in warrior two, you're going into this pose, that pose, Mm -hmm. the other. So the breath in and out the nostrils, potentially you could sniff a scent somewhere along the way. Maybe when you bring your arms back down to your heart, you sniff the scent. Um, uh, It could be a way to focus your mind on the smell or the olfactory sense. Um, And then the subtle sense is watching the breath in and out the nose and smell emptiness. Mm. In the bigger consciousness is a divine aroma. Mm -hmm.
0: Can I describe Mm -hmm. it?
1: Can I tell you what it is? Oh, it's like lavender. It's like rose. No, (laughs) that's my mind stuff. That's the impression I'm putting on the scent. It's a label. Yeah, it's the... so this is our, our interest is to get into through touch, get into the bigger touch of spaciousness through smell, get into the emptiness of smell through, you know, taste, get into the taste of consciousness. You got to be kidding. What does consciousness taste like? <laughs> and there is no taste. It's tasteless. So to use the word in that ex- example, it's really quite uh, quite extreme or silly, but we can use and all of this is about getting the mind to focus to drop the mind chatter and to get into the pure essence of a sense so that we can move a little further away a lot further away and then move into the bigger consciousness of what embeds all of it Mm -hmm. so Taste. Um, again, in taste, we're not there on our yoga mat. We're not, you know, eating chocolate or, you know, <laughs> chewing our food. Um, so one of the ways we can let taste uh, the gustatory system, uh way we can do that is uh, there's tongue mudras. So a simple one, it's, it's not the more complex one of Kachari mudra, but the tongue mudra where you put your t- tip of the tongue to the roof of your mouth, mm-hmm. right in front of that ridge, and there's a, uh, and even just doing that, saliva is released mm-hmm. often. And your the jaw relaxes as, a little bit. Jaw relaxes. The tongue acts as a switch and it creates a, a, an energetic circuit that kind of governs these channels of energy flow. And there are certain positions of the tongue that can, um, you know, promote this. Bigger sense of focus. And then there's a Sitkari pranayama where you cooling pranayama that if you put your tongue to the roof of the mouth and then you know you're gently um, closing your teeth and a slight smile, not mm-hmm. clenching your jaw right? And then you And if you notice doing that, try that one, two or three times. Again, the tongue is at the roof of the mouth in front of the front teeth ridge. Curl your tongue up there, and then smile gently. And close your teeth, but don't clench them. And take a breath in like you're sipping water. And that, do you feel the saliva being produced? hmm
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, a little bit of juice. And it feels cooling as well. It's cooling. It's juicy. So, so there. There's taste. You're tasting cool. You're tasting fluid. And again, it's it's not as something as common that we would do unless we have a specific type of yoga practice. Um, But where you place your tongue could be the sense of taste that you say, "I'm going to go to my mat today, and I'm going to put my tongue at the roof of my mouth, and I'm going to breathe and focus on the tongue at the roof of the mouth my entire practice." Mm. Mm -hmm. And then you go from that definitive touch. I'm sorry, definitive taste two the subtle taste
0: yeah
1: it's like what's the bigger taste sensation so in all of those examples it's not like we uh, people will hear this or you or i and it's like oh my gosh i'm going to do two or three at the same time i love this this is such an exciting way to approach my yoga practice mm-hmm. and get my mind to calm and get into a bigger you know energy field so i can be happy and content and free Um, But again, it's a training, it's a practice. So we don't want to, the senses already get inundated and dulled. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is find the heightened form of the sense in its purest form. So take one and go at it, practice without attachment, Abhyaga Vairagya. And we keep practicing without attachment. And eventually you've refined that and then there's more to it after that. But right, then yeah. you get to go on a deeper path of consciousness and awakening.
0: Yeah. And you're more inspired and you're a bit more joyful in it. Like it's a different experience for sure.
1: Yeah. And you have peace of mind. That alone, you can expect your mind's going to be calmer because you're, you're giving the mind a task, which mm-hmm. the mind loves. And then ultimately, when the mind thought slows down, when the brain waves slow down, you will uh, ultimately start to feel that calm that zone. And once you're in the calm and the zone, insight comes up, right? It's very natural insight comes up. And that's why people have great shavasanas and relaxation at the end. And then if we were to pull that into meditation, that, that primes this field of meditation where you're not trying to get through body comfort, mind chatter, and all of that. You're, you've arrived there and you can enter more easily. Then pratyahara, withdrawal of the senses, happens effortlessly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those then are great
0: meditation th- yeah. happens easily. Those are great things people can expect from that kind of practice. But how do they come into this practice, not without those expectations, but without being attached to like, the desire of an experience they want to have? And how can they stay anchored in that present moment? Uh, on
1: the mat in, and yeah. in the practice? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, pick one and practice it. Less is it, more. It's less is more. Pick one and practice it. So again, we're not practicing uh, a drishti, a gaze point with our sense of eyes in order to arrive at uh, now I'll have peace of mind. We're just doing it for the practice of it. And the mind participates because the mind's kind of curious until it gets used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not going in to practice, uh, listening to the breath for, oh, and this will bring us, this will bring me the joy that I'm seeking. It's just the task to do it and the focus. Cause remember, we're trying to get to a place of focusing in order to let go and see the bigger consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, um, So, and then also, I think what's of value, what one could, um, I don't want to say attach, but one could apply to this, pick Mm -hmm. one, practice it without attachment of, oh, I'm seeking to get somewhere, but also to be curious and investigative. Yeah. And to watch, oh, that's interesting. I'm doing this and my mind is going there. Well, that's interesting. So we're we're watching and we're investigating and we're discerning that we could bring that in if we want. (laughs) Not everyone wants to, but if we want. And we know that yoga is a tremendous psychology
0: of the mind practice. Tremendous. For sure. So talking about that, um, and I mean, those examples were great. And I'm sure people are like taking notes at home, like, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, In their life off the mat, Let's say if we talk about optimal health in general, how can we incorporate those five senses? Could you pick a couple and give us a few examples on that? Sure, sure.
1: Um, I'm going to, this is good timing for me to quote Deepak Chopra because uh, you may have heard this before or uh, uh, or if you read about different, um, you know. Expanding awareness, meditation, health, and healing. Um, This is commonly quoted or said by Deepak Chopra. He says, in this very moment, you are seamlessly connected to the cosmos. The same deep intelligence that streams through rivers flows through your bloodstream. Mm. The same breath that nourishes your cells animates the life of a rainforest. Although it may seem like you are separate from the world, out there. In reality, your body and universe are made up of the same molecules, obey the same principles, and are inextricably connected. There is an infinite field of intelligence that orchestrates all of the activities in the universe. With every breath, we exchange our personal energy with the energy of the universe. And we are constantly taking impressions via the five sense organs: ears, eyes, skin, tongue, nose. He then says, "You can awaken an inner pharmacy of healing through the senses."
0: Mm.
1: So, for example, I love this, mm-hmm. right? And Thank this, God. You, right? So, the inner pharmacy of healing through the senses, anyway this is not new science. This is Mm -hmm, ancient mm -hmm. age old. Mm -hmm. So the site, it's so simple. So the site, a visual impression, pick a beautiful image, Pull, pull out that glorious sunset photo that you just recently had, uh, go out in nature and just simply look at a beautiful view Or I personally love to do this. I go hiking and I can see all the trees and the sky, but I look at, I stop and I look at the green leaf of a tree and it's just so exquisite or I pick one little color of nature to look at and Mm. take it in. But even just a a beautiful image, and that's why we put beautiful images around our homes. Mm -hmm. It reminds us. And when we look at that image, what happens is a cascade of uh, soothing neurochemicals releases in the body. And when we look at a beautiful image, our frequency, our vibration is elevated. Our heart opens. Our depression is lifted. Our anxiety is removed. Our stresses are halted for a moment or two or three. And in that space is tremendous healing, tremendous. If we can allow ourselves those feel good feelings by visual impressions, mm. it's an inner pharmacy of healing. Yeah. Just by looking at something that's beautiful or a color that's beautiful. Or it just shifts your energy. Something. Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Awesome. Um, sound. We know this again, beautiful music, mm-hmm. inspirational words, a voice that you like. Have you ever taken a class with a teacher? You love their voice and they can say whatever and you just are soothed <laughs> by their voice. You're <laughs> like that, Erica. And right. So and then there's a time you go and you're like, you know, or, or maybe not a class, but you can listen to a podcast or to a video or whatever it is, an audio and then a voice you don't like. Yeah. And that has an impact on you. Mm-hmm. And again, there's constantly chemicals being released out of the brain that are pleasure producing or pain mm-hmm. elevating. Um, so you could, um, one of the, the inner pharmacy healing techniques I suggest um, is, and I learned this from one of my mentors, a very near and dear person to me who said, pick your favorite songs and put together a playlist. Mm -hmm. all your favorite songs. So maybe just make 10, five or 10, make it easy. Three if you need to, but pick your top five to 10 songs and notice in those songs, do they relax you? Do they make you happy? What do they have in common? Mm. What is the effect on you? And then he taught me that there's likely an instrument, a voice or a chord in those favorite songs that meet you deeply. And this is your sound. This is your sacred sound.
0: Oh, that's and this so fun. Has, I want to try that.
1: <laughs> right? And this has an effect on our healing. I mean, Mozart effect. You, have you ever heard? you yeah. heard of this, right? Mm-hmm. The Mozart effect. Um, they've used this on children to improve uh, focus and improve mental tasks and the ability uh, to overcome like depression and yeah. music. It has tremendous effect on us. So... So sound, the inner pharmacy of sound, Mm. like pick your favorite songs and find that effect. What are the songs? What do they do for you? And then go with that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, A few more under each category of our five senses, touch. This one's um, common in in Ayurveda, the self-massage, the Abhyanga. That you can just massage your skin. In fact, do this right now. We won't, obviously, we don't have oil in front of us, but the um, the Ayurvedic self-massage takes oil, a certain type of oil, um, and warms it, and then you rub it on your skin. Uh, So in this case, let's take our fingers and just softly massage your cheeks, your chin. Just do this now. What does this remind you of?
0: Your forehead. It's just like being taken care of.
1: Right? It yeah. reminds us of caring and loving. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a mother Absolutely. caressing a child. Right? A mother caressing a child's face. Yeah. And it's just unbelievable what a one-minute face touch, self-face touch can do to elicit an inner pharmacy response of health and healing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'll translate that into another um, one. Uh, have you heard about, you know, practice? A, I'm going to say a minute hug, but a minute is a long time for people who, you know, may not be intimate, but a 20 second hug. And the studies show that it reduces the physical effects of stress and prolonged hugging releases oxytocin. Mm. Oxytocin is that hormone that uh, released from the brain that. Um makes you happy. It's a happy chemical. Mm-hmm. It's what the mothers need to release the milk to their child uh baby to, you know, release milk for excuse me, for um breastfeeding and so on.
0: Mm.
1: So touch. Yeah. Uh, elicits an in our pharmacy. And then the last two smell, very simple. Pick a scent that you love, smell a flower, choose lavender, choose rose, and then associate it with, um, not a past memory, but a fresh memory. So I did this meditation one time with a group and we put orange oil on the wrist and, and I had them bring the wrist up, smell in the orange and reflect on joy. Mm. Orange oil has an effect on the limbic brain, the old part of our brain that is connected to memories and emotions. And, and we could just, and then do it again. The minute your mind wanders, go back. Smell, orange, joy. Or you could use rose, love, or lavender, peace. And smell and feel Smell and feel and do that for a minute, two, five. And that will elicit a tremendous healing response inside Mm. the body. It will take you from an undesirable emotion to a desirable emotion. And we know that when we're in, say, an elevated emotion, we're not in the depression, the stress, the agitation, the fear. So Mm -hmm. you want to elevate your emotions. And then for our fifth sense, in this case, taste, um, this one is one of my favorites. The inner pharmacy comes from chew your food 30 times. Mm, mm -hmm. To fully taste the food, we have to chew it 30 times to release the enzyme. And when we release the enzymes and our taste Sensations on the tongue. Our tongue picks up, has five different places on the tongue plus more, but we taste each taste sensation on different parts of the tongue. So we need to chew our food 30 times to fully taste the food, release the enzymes in order to release the full nutrition. Mm-hmm. So you'll get more health and healing yeah. by chewing your food. And
0: you're going to enjoy um, it more. And you're get well, if you can ch- slow your mind down, if you can be willing. <laughs> I mean, and you're going to enjoy the I- taste of the food more because you actually get to taste it instead of just eating with like mindlessly and like speed. You exactly. can actually like feel that enoughness, that like softness around food and like that settling of the food exactly. in your body. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. So to enhance, you know, and Ayurveda suggests balancing six tastes and and every part of our tongue will taste sweet. It'll taste sour. It'll taste salt, pungent, bitter, and astringent. And if we can blend foods that have that, hence the um, the you know Ayurvedic type cooking or the Indian dishes that blend the chutneys and curries and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, And or one of my favorites to elicit an inner healing response or uh, that inner pharmacy of healing that Deepak Chopra refers to is just take a little drop of food, honey, chocolate, apple, and for two minutes, sit with that food. Mm. Suck it, chew it. Even if you finish it, eat it, swallow it. Just be present with taste. Just be present. It's life-changing.
0: Mm.
1: It's so simple, but it's life-changing.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. And I feel like we can talk for a very long time about this. But <laughs> we're going to have yes. to wrap this up. So is there anything else you want to add before we finish? Or is there one takeaway you'd like listeners to leave with? What would it be?
1: Uh I would love to encourage people cuz this is a lot of information mm-hmm. is to pick one sense would we'll give you uh, focus on one thing will give you access to all things that's the key so you know the pathway would include use your sense to investigate discern or or just uh, in order to focus on one thing and then once you start focusing on it let your Sensory awareness: what your sense experience is to soften and recede. That's the next thing. One is just to then let it soften and recede. And the final part of the path is your bigger awareness. Your it floods in like the consciousness becomes bigger than the sense, Mm,
0: mm -hmm. and
1: that's our aim. That's our aim. So pick one, focus. Let it have its way, but then discern to a singular focus, start to soften and pull back the awareness and get bigger so that awareness consciousness is bigger than the sense. Um, That's one thing I'd love to summarize. And the second thing is simple. Take Mm -hmm. two clear minutes and sit with the sense. One minute. I'm sorry, I'll make it easier. I promise you, set your (laughs) alarm Sit with sight, sound, touch, smell, or taste. Pick one and sit with it for one minute. You will be amazed. And do this three times a day. Mm. One minute, three times a day until you're ready to do more, until you build the habit. But just sitting with one minute, one minute in present moment awareness is a lifetime.
0: Yeah. Amazing so tips. It. Thank you so much. I'll put your, I'll put all your info in the show notes, but in the meantime, what's the best place for people to find you if they just want to say hello, or they'd like to study with you or join you for, um, upcoming workshops or events.
1: So my website is probably all encompassing, uh, www.michelleklink.com. M I C H E L E one L. (laughs) dot <laughs> com, And on there, I have my class schedule. They, you can email me from there. I'm the one who gets it. I reply. I have a blog on there about savoring your senses that mm. people will love to follow up and read. Yeah. Go to my yoga notes for Michelle. Click on yoga notes for Michelle and you'll see a whole article on uh, one of the senses. And, um, I have a retreat coming up in Japan uh, Mm. that we're going to savor travel experiences through our senses and not get overwhelmed by a culture, but let it help uh, drive us to a bigger, um,
0: experience. And so my website is the best place to reach me, contact me and see all that I'm offering. Sounds amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. That was so interesting. Thanks, Erica. Thank you so much for listening. We have a great guest coming up, so make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any. Now, if you want to make my day, help other people find this podcast and or get your chance to win a $75 shop card from Athleta, all you have to do is head on to iTunes or on your podcast app on your iPhone, scroll down on the show's page and click the link, write a review. As you leave your review, you automatically enter our giveaway. You don't need to do anything else, and I announce the winner on the next episode after a random drop. If you're newer to reviews and you want even more detailed instruction, check out the show notes. You'll find there more info about our guest of today as well, Michelle Klink, and you can also visit my website for those two things at ericabelanger.com slash blog dash podcast. Our last episode was also supported by Eslada. Thank you so much if you left a review. The winner of that giveaway is iTunes user Ticha Deb. Tisha Deb said, I receive many valuable tools and ideas when I listen to your podcast. i have actually taking notes throughout the podcast, so I won't forget the ideas that struck me. The episode today with Melissa was especially northworthy, and I resonated with Melissa's thought on meditation, knowing that no matter how meditation goes, I just need to keep it consistent. I needed that. Thanks, Debbie. See, it's that simple. Thanks, Debbie, for your review. Email me at erica.belanger at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram and I'll send you your shop cards. Also, guys, don't forget to visit patreon.com slash on and off your mat to donate or become a monthly member and get your hands on our August exclusive episode and upcoming September 1. Now, before you go, one last thing, I want to say thank you to Alexander Saba working in the background, creating the music, editing, and mastering this podcast. Once again, guys... Thank you for joining in. Until next time.